Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome everyone to St. Louis Realtor Podcast Live here from the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri. And we've got a special guest in studio today, but first of all, I'm going to give you a Herman London update because we've got a lot of different events and things coming up. We've got softball. Our company softball team starts April 16th. We're going to be playing in Brentwood. It's a co-ed team. We need some support. We need some groupies. We need some fans to come out and support us and uh, teach us how to win these games um, and increase our record from the previous years. Also, Friday, April 3rd, our company is going to go to the Ronald McDonald House down by SLU and cook dinner for everyone. We do that once a year, and it's always a fun time. It feels good to help out and see some of the people appreciating us being down there and enjoying the food with them. We've got the Herman Luncheon Group. We started a new group. Now, on the second Tuesday of every month, we've got the Herman Luncheon Group. This month, it's April 14th, and I think we're going to go to My Lee. Uh, if you would like to join us, just let us know. And then lastly, the last Herman London update I'm going to give is we've got Trey Malakotes next class. You've heard Trey. He's been on my show a few times, and his next class or clinic or seminar or whatever you want to call it is on March 26th. That's open to the public. Anyone who wants to come is welcome to come. It's here at our office. It's usually about three hours. So the morning of March 26th from 9 a.m. to noon, come on over, hear what Trey's got to say. It's free. He's always motivating and kind of gives a new perspective, and it's interesting. But just let us know if you want to come to any of those events. You know you can email info at hermanlondon.com, H-E-R-M-A-N-N-L-O-N-D-O-N.com. And I'm going to get right to it here. I've got Carrie Nanonen. Did I yes, say that right? Yes, you said it perfectly. Carrie Nanonen here in our office. Carrie is a realtor here in town with Cole Banker Gundaker. Been with Gundaker her entire career, right? Correct. Carrie, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself, if you don't mind. My name is Carrie Nanonen. I am a native to St. Louis. I'm married to a great guy named Steve. I'm the mom of two teenage boys, and I've been with Coldwell Banker Gundaker's corporate office for over 13 years, Wow! Um, where I also do a lot of the training of the new agents and some social media training as well. Oh, you do? So you train the new agents? I do. And do you sit them down and give them a binder? Is it a two-day thing? Is it a once a week for 10 weeks, or how do you do it? Actually, with Coldwell Banker Gundaker, it's an 18-month process. 18-month so process? 18 months. I follow them through and kind of help them. You know, initially, it's a lot of learning the business and getting established on the internet and that kind of stuff. But as they go through their first, second, third listings and contracts, I actually walk them through that. Okay, good. So you kind of act as their trainer at front and then kind of their mentor? It's a mentor, yeah. Oh, good for you. Well, I'm going to jump right into it. I've got a lot of questions ready for you, if you don't mind. And uh, I'm just going to kind of move along with it. It seems like you're open to that, though. So. I am. Bring it on. <laughs> you are a realtor full-time? Full-time. Full-time realtor. And how did you get into the business? How Did you just fall into it? Did you dream about it? Was your mom a realtor? How did you get into it? You know, I love that you asked this question because that is, to me, the most fascinating thing to find out how people landed into the business. So for me, I was um, a social worker for the state of Missouri and actually in the city in the Wainwright building. I got pregnant with my oldest son. And at that point, I had to decide if it was financially wise for me to remain um, there or if I should just kind of leave and stay home with him. So I decided to go ahead and leave. I was a stay-at-home mom for a couple of years. I got pregnant with my second son. And, you know, with that pregnancy, we had completely outgrown our 
two bedroom, one bath slab that my husband had picked up before we were even married right out of graduate school. Where was that? Um, it was over like in the Overland, um, unincorporated youth city okay. area. Okay. So, um, I actually grew up, my father was a local high school teacher, but he was also a real estate investor. Oh, okay. And my grandfather was a real estate investor. They did a lot of projects together. So as a child, I literally, most of my summer vacations were spent down in the Shaw area, the Tower Grove area, before it had been restored. It was still very dangerous at the time sure. in these gorgeous old houses. And I also grew up the daughter of parents that are really old house lovers. So I was always exposed to Frank Lloyd Wright houses every time we traveled, and we always did historic tours. So it was something I'd always contemplated doing. I knew we had to move. I kind of dreaded getting oh. in touch with a real estate agent because – they kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> okay. I'm one of those. We're not that scary. I know we're not that scary, but I, I I was not someone that liked the hard sell. So I decided to take the plunge, go for it. I thought I would move us. I thought it would be a hobby. And here I am. So you left social work to get into kind of a different type of social work. It, it's totally <laughs> a different type of social work. And honestly, I'm a people person and my social work background really does help me in this business a lot. Well, you mentioned that you guys would go to Shaw a lot. Was your father and grandfather doing rehabs down there, or what, what brought you down there? Full rehabs. And I, you know, as I, I was so young, but um, I just remember when I was little walking into these houses and being overwhelmed by the wood and the stained glass windows. And I mean, at the time, he was buying houses for as little as $9,000, and he'd work on them during his summer vacation from teaching, oh, yeah. and he would flip them for like 40 You know, okay. they were quick flips where he uh -huh. was stripping wallpaper painting doing basic repairs and at the time I hated it I hated being around it but of course like as you grow up it kind of seeps it's into in you. you real estate yeah. gets in your blood it does so I guess back then he was bringing them to the condition to where they would become rentals or was he selling them he was I mean, flipping some other ones he was renting he was in a you know he had he had several rentals at one okay. point I guess it wasn't all about stainless and granite and everything back then it was nothing like that and you know the thing that my dad always did is he totally believed in you know maintaining the architectural integrity of a house I okay. mean he had true appreciation for the stained glass and the wood and the carvings and you know so he never touched that and that's something I'm so passionate about right. I mean all my clients will tell you when I walk into a house with all the original goodies I just I love it it's my favorite part of this job do you think you've been back into any of the houses that your dad rehabbed? It's possible. You, you know, it's know. possible. And I don't know. He's He's been gone for five years, so I don't know. And I was doing real estate, obviously, before. But, uh, yeah, it's possible. I mean, if you've shown properties down there and him and your grandfather were doing a bunch, you probably were. That's kind of neat. Yeah. And hopefully they're still the people who've bought them since then. And hopefully they're kind of maintaining the character and all that type of stuff, too. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So it's kind of was in your blood. Yeah, I think it's in my blood. And you fell into it. You have a mix. <laughs> it is. And, you know, I kind of lucked out the way that I got into it because I think the most difficult aspect of starting in real estate is the financial needs. And, you know, the fact that I'd been a stay-at-home mom for two years, that financial stress, uh -huh. you know, we were used to me not having an income. So I was able to kind of enjoy the ride and the bumps and the valleys without the stress of paying a mortgage. So oh, okay. it made my transition into the business a lot easier than most. So was your first deal was buying a new house and selling your old house? No, we actually ended up moving. I think we ended up closing about nine months later. It was oh. it was one of my really good friends that I closed the first one. Okay, so you mm -hmm. got your license. I thought it was to help yourself buy a new house, but 
It just took you a while to find one and you help other people in the meantime. It took us a little bit. Jumping forward to 2015, what's keeping you busy now? What kind of things are you doing? You know, I this year, this spring has been unbelievable. I'm calling it spring even though it just started. But, you know, last year we had such a lull in the market in the beginning of the first quarter because the weather was so bad mm-hmm. with the ice. And um, this spring has just been crazy. I've had a good mix of buyers and sellers. And it just kind of, it kind of feels like people are a lot more confident with the economy. And they're just really out and about and excited about the year. Yeah, so I think that you, I like how you're calling it the spring, and you said like it just barely started. I think we're all sort of trying to forget the first few months <laughs> of the year when you couldn't even go outside. Right. You mentioned to me earlier that you're big on social media, and you had a long list like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, Google Plus. I'm uh, on them all. <laughs> you're on them all, and do you go to each one, or do you go to like Hootsuite and it sends them all to you, or how do you manage your time? With I that? prefer to go to each one. I like to dig into each site, into each app, and do it that way. Did you hear that Google Plus is supposed to be going away? I did not hear that. Supposedly, Google Plus is going to be sort of stripped apart, and they're going to sort of get rid of, I think, the social aspect of it maybe, because apparently it's just people like me and you on there trying to promote our blogs. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's great for driving traffic. It's great for caching, you know, information. But other than that, I mean, nobody really interacts very much on G+. Is that part of the problem with it, you think? I think so. You're hip. I like that you call it G+. Yeah. What what do you call it? Google+. I'm old school, I guess. Uh (laughs) Oh. Okay. So if it does go away, it won't affect you too bad, I suppose. Not really. You mentioned that you are kind of a real estate educator, right? Mm-hmm. You like to help new agents learn about what to do. Well, how do you like to learn about real estate? And do you have certain sources that you listen to? Do you have a mentor? You know, I am that- constantly learning. I mean, I'm I'm big on social media and business because I'm big on social media personally. And it's it's such an amazing resource of information. The very first thing that I do in the morning while I'm drinking my coffee mm-hmm. is I check my Twitter feed with all my favorite real estate news um, feeds. I'm constantly reading, constantly reading blogs and articles, and I have everything bookmarked. And it's just part of my morning ritual. So you, you're one of those people that gets up in the morning... Goes ah okay, and you have some coffee, and you sit down, and you instead of re- getting out your newspaper, I guess you get out your iPad or something like that, and you look through all this stuff. I do. And Twitter is your best source for news. Twitter is a great source for news if you know how to use it. A lot of people don't know how to use it correctly. If you utilize the lists, I mean, I have specific real estate lists that are private only to me, and it's just a feed of just real estate news. Okay, so maybe you can coach me a little bit. My problem with Twitter is that I'll follow someone I like. You know, non-real estate related, I'm a big Ronda Rousey fan. Okay. You know, she's a UFC fighter. Yeah. But so I follow Ronda, right? But now when I go to my Twitter, I see every single person on there who's kind of like liked anything she said or tweeted her or commented at her or whatever, and I don't want to see all that. I don't want to see everything, you know. You don't have to. So I should use a different function of Twitter called lists? So you're on the news feed. And you don't, I mean, the news feed is great Mm -hmm. if you're trying to kill some time and you want to check it out. But realistically, it's really difficult to keep up with people on the news feed. So I think I have like 16 private lists. My real real life friends, (laughs) my Twitter friends, my real estate agent friends, real estate news, St. Louis goodies. I mean, I have all these different lists. So if I want to get news about what's going on in St. Louis, I'll use my St. Louis list. And it's just a way of just, you know, getting all that other stuff out and just keeping it clean to that subject. Any really good sources for real estate news, St. Louis specifically, 
that on Twitter that you like, oh my God, you got to follow. I mean, I wouldn't specifically say that there's a St. Louis resource that's like outstanding, but I would say that the St. Louis Twitter community is so strong. I mean, it is so strong. It is so solid. I have met so many amazing people and so many amazing clients off of Twitter. Ooh, oh, I want to dig into this if you don't mind. Yeah. So someone, uh, this is how I'm imagining it. Someone tweets, hey, I need to buy a new home in St. Louis. Do you know a realtor? Or is, is that what they would tweet? And I don't reach. And tweet back to them or what? You know, I've had people that have said, I'm looking for a great realtor in St. Louis. Does anybody know of anyone? And then one of my clients may say, hey, check out CDN and STL. And I may yeah. get it that way. But typically when it comes to inquiries, they come in a, a private message or they'll go from my Twitter to my website and then they'll reach out to me, you know, on my email. Okay. So you get through your Twitter and seeing all the other little posts and stuff that you make to end up at your website. Yeah. And, you know, people know because I've been on Twitter for long enough, they know that they can come to me with questions or little concerns. They're not going to get the hard sell with me. You know, I'm there to help with information as well. And they know that I'm a safe resource with information without, you know, being bombarded with with sales talk. I guess you have made sure to not be the realtor that you were afraid to deal with that made you get into the business in the first place, right? That is exactly how I conduct myself. And, you know, I always, my husband is actually in sales as well. And we are just those weird salespeople that like when we go shopping for a car, we do all of our research, we go looking on a Sunday and we're ready to know, you know, what we want and what we want to negotiate. Then we go and deal with the salespeople. I don't like the hard sell, and I find it to be extremely insulting to clients when you're trying to push them and they're not ready. So I'm very respectful of that. Good I, for you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we're not – I like to look at it. That we're not necessarily selling houses, right? I mean, we're helping people buy a house. We're matchmakers. I don't care what house they buy in particular, right? right? Whatever one makes them happiest. Well, okay. you do as long as it's you feel like it's a good investment. You know, that's something yeah. for me. If I don't think a purchase is a good investment, I'm not scared to tell my clients that. And I'm sure they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. They're like, Carrie, tells us how it is. I do. Yeah. Okay. Other than Twitter and social media, do you have do you have a mentor? Do you have some other ways that you like to get information about how to do business? I mean, I have a really solid office. I have a wonderful broker. I mean, I you know, our company has a lot of continuing education, so I participate in a lot of that. Um, but really I tend to get the bulk of my information on my own. Okay. But it, I guess just from being around, being active, going to your office, going to things, you pick, you probably pick up that way. It's just, you just don't have like a formal. Right. And training okay. agents is great because it keeps me really fresh because I'm not only dealing with my situations, I'm dealing with, th- with theirs and I kind of have to verbalize things that I already know, but I don't realize it's actually valuable to somebody else. So if there's realtors out there that are considering getting a mentor or probably there's more that might be listening that are considering being a mentor, mm-hmm. you would encourage them to do it? Yeah. I mean, if they, if they can manage it, if they can manage the time and if they have the patience, because I think a lot of agents, you know, I've been in the business for 13 years and I think it's really easy to lose sight of what it feels like to be brand new. Uh And no matter how long that I've been in this business, I will never forget how uncomfortable it is in the beginning when you don't know what you're doing. It's hard because you want to help people, but you don't want to screw up, you know? Right. So being a mentor can help someone, but it can help you too because, it, like you said, it helps you stay fresh. Definitely. Well, we've talked about what's working for you. I, I want to ask you what's not working for you. You know, I think the thing that 
probably isn't working for me. And I think it's a universal problem among any real estate agent who does a relatively decent amount of business. It's management of your personal life and your professional life. Because there's no doubt about it, when other people are going to work on Monday morning at 9 a.m., we can kind of sleep in and take a breather Mm -hmm. because we've been working all weekend. But, you know, because we have that flexibility, our business during the peak hours totally seeps into our personal life. And um, for me, my kids, you know, they they were babies when I started in this business. So they just know the weekends during the spring, I'm working. I may get interrupted. I may have to leave, you know, different things to go, you know, to go work with my clients. But it's kind of the... It's there's pros and cons to the business. Maybe they appreciate that you're at their soccer game or something, whatever that you're at their school volunteering or something like that. Sometimes. Exactly. This business has allowed me to be, you know, the school mom, but also have a career. I mean, it's, it's been a great thing for me. And I'm just going to dig a little bit deeper. If you don't mind you use social media, you get a lot of your business from referrals. It sounds like you don't necessarily do advertising. I think I saw on your blog, you're not going to find you on a shopping shopping cart cart or whatever, a park (laughs) bench, something like that. Right. Do you still kind of focus on one area? Do you, on your blog, do you write about one area of St. Louis or do you specifically try to work with one type of client, buyers, sellers, investors, short sales, whatever? I have no specialty and I have no distinct area that I like to be in. I mean, for me, the joy of being in this business, working at the corporate office, which I told you is, was the draw because it's uh-huh. not connected to one area. I work everywhere, and that's what keeps it fun and exciting for me. I don't advertise. I, I have a lot of word-of-mouth business, and I really focus my attention on nurturing the relationships with my clients. And I'm viciously loyal to my clients, and in return, they're really good to me. I guess that makes sense. Some agents that might maybe become a short sale expert or something like that, they're kind of created a desk job for themselves, right? Right. And you get to keep it interesting by being out and around. Right. Well, back to your blog. I noticed that you have things on there. You have recipes. You've got some of your listings on there. You've got gardening tips, which I need to read in more detail. (laughs) Um, How do you decide what you're going to write about on there? Honestly, my blog is kind of like my special little place. I I make, you know, I've had other agents ask me, should I blog? What do I blog about? I mean, for me... My blog is my outlet. If I'm not feeling it, I don't write it. But if something comes up that I feel inspired about or I want to share, I write. And it varies. I mean, I really the blog is a reflection of kind of what's going on in my head at the time. Sometimes it's a little more um, real estate focused. But a lot of times you're going to see things about my family. You know, I have a really active family that's out and about in the city where we like to go to the newest restaurants. We're always at the Muni and the baseball game and I'm really passionate about St. Louis, so I love to do hidden gems and try to get oh, people yeah. out of their box. That's cool. Yeah. I'm always trying to encourage our agents to blog more. I'm trying to encourage my girlfriend to blog more. You know, I'm, I believe in blogging. Yeah. It sounds like maybe you do it in a way that's like, hey, I enjoy blogging. I feel like writing a blog today. You don't say every Tuesday morning at, from 9 to 10, I'm going to write a blog. I have no expectations. And for me, I kind of feel like, Our clients invite us into their personal lives where you get very intimate and you get to know their finances and their kids and their dogs and what they eat and whatever. And to me, my blog is kind of a reflection of me. I share a little bit of what's going on in my own life with my family and I can, I see that it really gives people a way to kind of relate to me and kind of know who I am. Do you do any sort of like Google analytics or anything? Do you know, like do the, 
gardening tips or the listings or something else get the most traffic and views? Or do you have any way to measure that? I do have ways to measure it. I don't really pay attention to it, to be honest. I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make in blogging is looking at the audience and looking at the metrics. Mm-hmm. And I do have that. I know what what keywords tend to get hits on my blog. And actually, I find them really funny. But I would never, ever post anything just for the, just for the for hits. That. No. As a matter of fact, I don't even allow comments on my blog. I mean, it's there for content for the people that show up, but I'm not there to... And it's a reflection of you, and you don't want to have to change you because of what people are finding you for, I guess. Right. Okay, that's cool. Well, you also, on your blog, say that you work hard, play hard. I do. And I already know how you work hard, so what do you do to play hard? Well, I love to travel. My husband, he um, he's also in a sales job. He does a lot of traveling for his business. So the flexibility of real estate allows me to do a lot of that. Okay. And we're just out and about. I've got two teenage boys that are super busy. And, you know, we're, we're the people when the International Festival is going on in Tower Grove. That's where we are. You know, we're down. We're always out and about doing things on the weekend. We're super involved in the city. Well, tell me, do you have any travel plans coming up? You know, that's a good question. We don't really have anything in the in the works. Get something on the books. Well, you know what we're doing is my 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 oldest son is actually a sophomore in high school right now, so we're planning one big trip to Europe before he goes to college. Oh, so wow, we've okay. been stockpiling the airline miles to plan <sighs> a big thing. You know, typically we'll go to the beach for a couple of days here and go to Vegas. I'll probably go to New Orleans in the fall, but we're really trying to kind of plan a big trip. Have you considered a European cruise? I have, you know, I've never been on a cruise. I am, I don't know. I'm just worried that I would be nervous about being stuck on a boat. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that funny? I get a little, um, I don't know. Everybody says that I would love it if I tried it. I've never been a cruise person. I've been on a lot of cruises. Yeah. And I've been to a lot of countries, but it's funny because going on a cruise, like a Mediterranean cruise, you're in Turkey for one day. You know, you're in Italy for That's one day. You're in Spain problem. for one day. You kind of see a lot. I still feel like I've seen a lot. But is it enough time, though? Like, do you feel like it's enough time? Well, for me, it is. And especially for your sons, it probably will be. Yeah. Because they're only going to want to see so much of the Sistine Chapel. You know, right. I, they don't want to spend all day there, really. So yeah. the two hours or whatever that you'd be in and out or the Leaning Tower of Pisa, you know, the one hour that you're there. Get a couple selfies and you want to go, you know. Yeah. See, for me, the last time I was in Europe, you know, my I think my most favorite day was just taking the metro into downtown Paris, getting out and getting lost uh-huh. and just walking the streets and doing my thing. And I was by myself and I probably walked like, you know, 60 miles, yeah. but I like time and I like to explore. Can you do that now with your family and everything? Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually my boys are really, they've done a lot of traveling, so they're really good about it. They're good about it. Yeah. Okay, and you say you like to be out and about. Any big events coming on in the next couple of weeks that we should know about? You know, I don't know. I haven't really looked at that recently. I don't think, I think we're kind of in a weird kind of period in between winter and spring still. But I know there's a lot of stuff coming up in April. And we can check your blog to find out what those are. Probably. Yeah, definitely. Your blog also mentions, and, and the headline, right, that you have some daily, I'm assuming this means like daily realtor adventures. Yeah. And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but can you, without naming any names or anything, okay. give us an example of a funny kind of realtor story or something. Um, you know, it's if you follow me on Instagram, in, in some Facebook, but mostly Instagram, every time I bump into something kind of funny, I like to take a picture and kind of do it. And I, I can mention <laughs> okay. these people, they, they've been clients of mine for years, but... 
we went into this house and I don't even remember where it was. I think it was in Richmond Heights, but it's just one that I always come back to. We walked up to the third floor attic and there was a noose hanging. Oh my gosh. There was a noose hanging from the rafters. And uh, this was the first time that I met them. And I just kind of freaked out when I walked up and we started laughing and she's on Twitter as well. And she always talks about that's how I knew we would be lifelong friends when I saw you <laughs> freak out like that, you know, but that's my favorite part about my job. I mean, you just, you never know what's going to be behind the door. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's awesome and sometimes it's appalling. You just don't know, you know. So when you saw the noose, you didn't try to keep it together and try to keep it cool. You no, no. I'm an extremely expressive person and I try to keep (laughs) house showings fun. If I see something that I'm just blown away by, you will know it. So did you take a picture of the noose? No, I really, it was so many years ago that I wasn't. Now, if it had been in the past four years, it probably would have been on Instagram. But if you go on my Facebook page, I have got a um, album of the good, bad and the ugly. And if I see something outstanding, I take a picture. If I see something a little bit off, I like to snap a photo. I'm sure people love to look at the the bad and the ugly ones, you know. It's fun. And have you had kind of like ghost type of experiences? No, I haven't had ghost experiences. I've had houses that I've walked into that I'm just like, I don't feel good in this house. You know, sometimes you can just feel a a house hasn't been taken care of and it just, the energy's heavy. But no ghost stories here. Do you have ghost stories? I don't really. I have... Kind of like you go into a house and you're like, get me out of here. You can feel it. Know? Yeah, I've had that too. Or you're like, what's this house just seems a little bit weird. And then you go down in the basement and you're like, what is that like weird room over there? Yeah, Something, the creepy, you know? the dead, we call it the dead body room. The weird room off to the side. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's always, you know, there's, I guess there's like always some sort of weird, just kind of thing like that. You mm-hmm. know, just depending on the lighting and the time of day and on all that kind of thing too. So, yeah. Do you have like an assistant or anything that helps you? I don't. You know, when I was super, super busy a couple of years ago, my husband grabbed his real estate license in about five minutes and was helping me with some of the administrative stuff. But honestly, I tend to manage it all on my own. So your husband got his license? For like five, for five minutes. minutes. Okay. And he just said that real estate was not for him. Have you seen other people get assistance and you just didn't want one? Or how does that? I've never really gotten to the point that I had to commit to it. You know, I've been able to manage everything on my own, not to say that there haven't been seasons that I've just, oh my gosh, how am I going to get this done? Uh But, um, I also refer some of my business out too. I do that as well. So, and I guess since you're not doing like a lot of different advertising campaigns and programs, you don't have to worry about keeping that all together. Right. So you also mentioned to me that you've done some corporate reload. Yeah. And I guess I'm going to ask you just to give our listeners a little bit of a better understanding. What is, what am I even talking about when I say you've done corporate reload or when you corporate say relocation? Um, I actually worked at Serva for a period of time, which is one of the largest corporate relocation companies in the world. But um, a lot of companies, uh, when they are moving employees to and from different cities, they hire a relocation company to basically manage those moves. So um, the one that I worked with worked for a lot of the very, very large companies in the city. I won't say which ones they were for confidentiality reasons, but um, you're basically, they have a manager who they're called a relocation counselor and they basically do all of the communication with the agents, the movers, and um, they just make sure that the move goes smoothly. Okay. So someone works at ABC, large company. Right. And they, they're living in Los Angeles and right. ABC is going to transfer them to St. Louis. Right. They set them up with a relocation manager that works at ABC company here in St. Louis 
Actually, that works for an independent company. Works for an independent company like Mm -hmm. Serva. Right. And then Serva goes and finds a realtor. Exactly. Although some companies have their own relocation people in-house, too. It varies. Okay. So so basically, the company is helping their potential employee kind of have a smoother transition. Correct. All right. And so then you help them find properties and... Are you noticing a lot of like increase in the reload business or does it seem like businesses are moving people in St. Louis or moving them out? You know, kind of, t- I wanted to get your impression about kind of the business market in St. Louis based on your reload experience. I mean, from what I've seen, it's been very steady. I mean, St. Louis has a very steady stream of people moving in and, um, you know, especially with companies like Monsanto and Anheuser-Busch and um, Wash U and all these other, I mean, there's just constantly people moving here. And then if you have someone moving in here, how do you kind of know what area of town they might fit in with? You know, it's my, that is literally my most favorite part of this job. And I I can tell you when I actually worked as a relocation counselor, I found that a lot of people that move to St. Louis from other cities there's there's a few things that we lack in St. Louis that other cities have. We have like no affordable new construction in the central corridor. Right. It doesn't exist. If mm-hmm. you want new construction in the central corridor, you're spending three quarters of a million dollars, mm-hmm. you know? So a lot of people would say they want the big, they want the walk-in closets, they want this. So automatically these agents would push them out west on the other side of the river. And, you know, with me, when I get people in and I get an idea of what they want, the very first thing I do is take them on like a three-hour city tour. Okay, that's I will nice. plop them in my car with a map in their hand, and I will drive the outer bend of 270 and kind of show them, you know, this is where North County is, this is where West County is, this is where South County is, this is, if you go this way, you're going to hit the arch and ultimately Illinois. But I like to start there, I drive them down to the arch, and then I weave them all the way back through. Because I found that by the time that we get to back to the 270 bend, they have a good idea of how our city is laid out and what areas fit them. And you can, I guess, see from that if they like older homes with charm and character or right. if they go, oh, that's old. I'm going to have to fix too many things. And they want to be in a, a siding house in West County or something like that. I guess. Right, exactly. And I think what really helps, too, is I'm super involved. You know, on Saturday mornings, my family is at the Tower Grove Farmer's Market. So as I'm taking people through these areas... I'm telling them what's going on in the city at different times of the year and where the good restaurants are and what, you know, what the scene is. That's good because it's important for if they're moving to St. Louis that they get comfortable here. And people say that St. Louis can be kind of clicky, right? Yeah. Have you heard that? We're deeply rooted. Deeply rooted. And so I think that you, it sounds like you do a good job on helping your people find where they'll be more comfortable so they can get into those clicks that they would enjoy. Have you read the news that we're supposed to be a great city for startups or we have like a lot of creative firms here? Have you... I did. Tech startups Tech is what startups. they're saying. Yeah. What, what's up with that? What do you know about that? I, you know, I don't, I didn't, I haven't gotten into the specifics of that, but I did just read that. It's kind of exciting. But you're a techie. I thought you'd be like, in well, I'm techie, tech but I mean, I'm a social media, but I'm, I'm not that techie. <laughs> okay. You don't program and all that kind of no, stuff. No, 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 no. I'm assuming that some people that listen to the show are realtors. Some people are investors some people are my aunt Mersey, you know right and just listening because she loves me kind hi of aunt Mersey. <laughs> is relo something that realtors should try to pursue you know realtors i think are looking oh maybe i'll get into foreclosures maybe i'll get into whatever is real relo something you can pursue or not really you know it's one of those things i i mean with the company that i work for they have a lot of contracts with different companies i also have a lot of friends that 
you know, live around the country. So if they know somebody moving in, oftentimes they'll give my name, which I really appreciate. It's not for everybody. I mean, you have to be really comfortable with the city as a whole to really do Relo well. A lot of agents have their comfort zones, and you really have to have broad knowledge of the city to be successful at doing, you know, cross-country moves. So when you do have a brand new realtor or someone who just got their license or who's maybe had their license for a year but still has their full-time job or something like that, do you want to give us any tips on what they should be doing to get some business, get acquainted? Any tips for a new realtor? I think the biggest mistake that new agents make is they plan, 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 and you really just have to dive head first and do. I mean, you can plan until the cows come home, but if you're not starting to make money, you're not going to last. And those of us who have been in the business for a long time, I mean, you've been in the business a long time and so have I. Um, you see so many people come and go and people are just scared to get their hands dirty, you know, and I just tell people the very first thing that you need to do is get, get your online profiles established. So when people Google you, they know what you're about and start spreading the word that you're an agent and start phone duty, open houses, like start to speak the lingo because it is a language. And when people know that you're an agent, they want to speak real estate. That's right. And and I think you're right. People get in what we call analysis paralysis, right? Right. And they don't want to do anything until they know everything. Right. And so that, I think that's a great tip. Get your hands dirty. There is no such thing as knowing everything. You are learning every single day in this business and you have to become, com- you have to learn to become comfortable with that or you won't last. That's right. Okay. Well, uh, you went to Mizzou. I did. So where did you like to hang out there? All the places that everybody else did, Harpo's and Fieldhouse and Shakespeare's Pizza. Every time I go, you know, through, you know, Columbia, I have to stop for Shakespeare's. And a lot of the bars that I used to hang out at are probably gone now. Have you been there lately? No, it's been a while. I was there, was it last weekend or two weekends ago for a wedding, and I get lost now. I know. My dorm is gone. My horrible, un-air-conditioned dorm. What dorm were you? Jones Dorm. It was the worst. Is that gone? Yeah, those like Jones laws, and I think they were all torn down. I lived in Donnelly, which was right there, and that's definitely, I think almost every building I lived in in Columbia has been torn down. I know, but all those little, there used to be this bar called Shattered. Did you, when were you there? I'm older than you are. I'm not telling you when I was there. Oh, come on. I fest- <laughs> so I'm way older than you are. But no, we used to go to Le Bourgeois, the winery, before it was. Oh, yeah. Now it's like apparently the, like super nice. The and- A-frame place? Yeah. Well, for all the money I spent there, they took that and they invested, I think, in making it nicer. Yeah, like I heard it's like a foodie destination and that there's an awesome restaurant. Then it was just a little A-frame shack with mm-hmm. cheap wine, but it was so fun. What did you get your degree in? Social work, I guess? Sociology and anthropology. Yeah. The anthropology building just got torn down. It The oh, one yeah. in the quad? Uh-huh. What do you, wh- how did, why did they know. tear that down? I don't know. I just drove by it. I was like, what was that? Wait, that building has been there since the 1800s. Yeah. Well, go take a look at it. It's like two weekends ago. It was like all kind of disheveled. Looking. Wait, why would they do that? I don't know. I didn't know Maybe that. Maybe there's they... some good like fossils in there. Oh, somewhere. that's horrible. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> See, my son's a sophomore, so we're going to start the college tours soon. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm excited to go back to Mizzou or if it's just going to make me feel so old and out of touch. Send him to Mizzou. Hey, you know what's exciting when I go down there is all the real estate because it is crazy how many buildings and apartments and duplexes and like. Where? Everywhere. 
Really? You will get lost with really? all the new, you know, do you remember College Park? I lived in College Park. There is a thousand places in in Columbia now like College Park. See, that was still really far out of the way. And then when I was there, that whole section down off of Nifong, uh-huh. that was, people were just starting to move out there. Oh, yeah. You and won't I even recognize it. it was just I think so they moved away. Nifong. They like moved the street to make room for more Walmarts and stuff. Yeah. I used to spend a lot of time at the Pinnacles and I used to spend a ton of time at the Rock Bridge. Don't tell people about the Pinnacles. I know. Joey, please delete that. Okay. <laughs> That's like a secret gym of But Columbia. the Rock Bridge is cool and the Devil's yeah. Icebox. I spent uh-huh. a lot of time there. Okay, so I'm going to jump here. I'm almost going to jump into my five questions that I ask everyone. Okay. All right, my last question is, what is the best phone call that you could get? I know that's very open-ended, and what is what do I even in mean ju- by that? In business and personal? Let's keep it business. Let's keep it business. Let's Not lottery-related, you know? You know, frankly, the best phone call that I get is from a client who I closed a long time ago, and for them to call and say, Carrie, we haven't talked to you in so long, but we're ready to... I mean, for me, success in this business is for someone to think of me and to want to use me again. And it's just so awesome when you sell somebody a house and they're newly married and then you get a call seven years later and they've got these gorgeous babies and Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's just to me, that's just, I love that. I get that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So my five questions and you've already answered sort of some of them. Okay. Who lives under your roof? My husband, Steve, my sons, um, Reed and Parker and my dog, Poppy. Poppy? What kind of dog is Poppy? She's a mutt. And if you follow me on Instagram, you see our adventures. We go to Castlewood a lot. We do the trails. She's a she's an outdoor trail dog. I've got a lot of social media catching up to do you with do. you. I've got to really find you on all these places. Yeah. Okay, where are you your best? Where am I my best? I honestly, I'm my best when I'm busy, which sounds horrible. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm probably my craziest when I'm super busy. But I am like the queen of like multitasking, and that's where I feel the most comfortable. Have you ever heard the saying, if you want to get something done, ask a busy person to do it? Yeah, I have heard that. And I think it makes sense. Because if, yeah. if you're doing 10 things today and I ask you to do one, you're, that's like one more, right? Right. If you ask a non-busy person, they're like, well, I guess I got to get up and exactly. think about doing that. And Okay, yeah. good. What is your favorite blog or podcast? Or you can tell me one of both if you have them and not including your own. I have a lot of favorite blogs, but I have to say most recently I was sucked into that serial podcast like everybody else in America and what? I was absolutely obsessed with it. Did What's you that? you didn't listen to serial? Never even heard of it. And you're a podcast person? No. C E R E A L? No, serial as in serial killer. S E no. Is that like a I don't want to tell you too much because it's gonna ruin it. It went viral. It was crazy and you have to download it immediately. I said I'm a podcaster. I like to listen to real estate things, business Okay, now things. this is a true story, and it is fascinating. It will suck you in. Is it called Serial? It's called Serial. That's your favorite podcast. All right. It's excellent. What is your guilty pleasure? What is my guilty... Okay, you know, well, one of my favorite places ever, my guilty pleasure, is um, Urban Chestnut. Their okay. beer the hall in, in the, the Grove. Grove. Gosh, it is such an awesome place to hang out. If you haven't been there in St. Louis, you have to go. It's just this awesome, um, just big German beer hall setup, and it's just fun. And I just, my biggest guilty pleasure is just taking time with my friends and hanging out and doing that. And I don't get a lot of that because right. I'm busy. My husband travels. My friends are busy. So I love those days when it's just, you know, you, you have the time to take and do that. 
So you go down to Urban Chestnut and you order a weird beer that you don't know what it is because yeah, they all have those crazy names. And it's just a really cool environment. Okay. Last question. Who is your mentor and how have you thanked them? Or have you ever had a mentor? It sounds like maybe you don't have one right now, but who has been your mentor and how have you thanked them? You know, I can't necessarily... Are you speaking professionally? Whatever you want. You know, I can't really say that I necessarily have a mentor or I've had a mentor, but I can say that my dad has been gone for five years and the older that I get, I feel the things that he taught me, I'm I'm really starting to use and I'm really starting to learn. And I wish that I had um, really recognized that when I could have thanked him or I could okay. have talked to him about that. But, you know, that's my mom and dad really um, exposed me to a lot of things. And as I'm older... I see that I'm really starting to utilize that knowledge. I'm going to move on past that because I don't want to start crying. Oh, so. my God. I didn't mean to make you sad. <laughs> so, Carrie, tell us how we can get a hold of you. How to? Where do you want people to find you? Okay, Go, well, the hub, my hub website is www.movewithcarrie.com, C-A-R-R-I-E. Um, that's where you can find all of my social media icons. But I am on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, my blog is CDN in the City. Um, my Twitter feed is CDN in STL. And I just, I love the social media banter and have made just great friends on there. So if people want to kind of just Google you, they should Google CDN. Is that your initials? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, they can just Google Carrie Nenonen. N-E-N-O-N-E-N. It's a palindrome. What is that? The same forwards and backwards. Really? Yes. Look at that. Yes. Exciting. What's your phone number? Uh, 314-452-7675. So all your past clients listening, get on the phone. Call Carrie. Get on the phone. Tell them about your babies and you're ready to sell. Yeah. I want to meet your babies. Not, <laughs> no, I, I, I've met so many, so many of the families that I closed over the past year have been getting back into contact with me. It's one of my favorite things. Well, very good. And thank you for coming on the show. Any final comments? No, just thank you for inviting me. It was fun. My pleasure. You have an amazing blog, and we like to talk to realtors who are doing interesting things. So. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. And that wraps up our show for this week. Thank you, Mr. Joey Vosovich, for producing. And uh, we're looking forward to next week's episode. Take care.